what does it mean to be black in America today? Are we moving toward a truly equal society? And does the Obama presidential campaign tell us anything about what's happening in our country today? That's what we're talking about this week around the water cooler. Water cooler is brought to you by the members of WGBY. Crime and violence among the young people in Many our communities. Pays attention to their child in their school. Their child's right. going to get a the good legal education. And moral issues surrounding end of the life care. The in the broader society is confusing. I'm Susan Kaplan. Welcome to Water Cooler. With me this week, Amy Griffin Munnings, Executive Director of the New England Black Chamber of Commerce, Rick Hurst, an attorney and former commissioner of the Massachusetts Commission Against Discrimination, and now the publisher of the Afro American Point of View newspaper, and Reverend Talbert Swan, pastor of the Solid Rock Church of God in Christ, and program director for Northern Educational Service in Springfield. Welcome to all of you, and thank you very much for being here. This is uh, just a historic time in terms of what's happening in politics in many, many ways. But uh, in terms of this conversation, of course, I think I want to get to talking about uh, Barack Obama's campaign. But I'd like to start by hearing from each of you, um, beginning with you, Amy Griffin Munnings, to sort of give us a sense of what you think is um, better the same or worse for black Americans today than, let's say, 25 years ago? It's a big question. That's, yeah. But better still. the same or worse? Yeah. Better is probably the audacity of hope. Yeah. Having Barack Obama yeah. being a viable, perceived as a viable candidate for the president of the United States, that's, that's better, without question. I think that it's better because it raised conversations, better because it created for people I've heard young men say, well, you know, I can see myself as an opportunity. So that's the better. The same, racism is alive and well today. Um, although there's possibilities, the reality is that the oppression is still real. The, 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 the lack of diversity in many of our institutions, many of our corporate opportunities, many of, of the, the, lack of, the lack of opportunities to access. The of the United States. You know, the fact that, you know, we're thrilled that we have Deval Patrick, but the reality is in these many years, there's only been two black governors in, in, in the United States. That's pretty sad. Yeah. Talbert Swan. Well, I, I think that um, the fact that um, legalized uh, discrimination um, has been uh, disbanded um, is a good thing. I, I think, though, the change that... Um, was attempted uh, to be brought about as a result of that has happened very slowly. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest problem is that though it's no longer legal, the structures that it produced still remain in place and intact. Um, and until you disband those particular structures, we're going to see African Americans still lag way behind in many different areas, and that's what we see in America today. Mm -hmm. Rick Hurst. Well, I think the answer is complex. It is complex, but uh, still. It's, uh, I think if you look at America, black America, there are two separate black Americas. And there's one black America that is middle class and upper class black America uh, that has taken full advantage of the civil rights struggle 
and, uh, and it manifests a lot of the characteristics of the white middle-class America and upper-middle-class America. But then you've got the other black America that you read about in the crime statistics or in the poverty statistics or in the uh, unemployment or underemployment statistics. Uh, and it seems like it's getting worse, not better. Mm -hmm. And so when you ask uh, what has gotten better, well, I've done better. Mm -hmm. But if I walk down certain corridors, uh, it's clear that there's a whole class of folks who things have gotten worse for. The rich are getting richer, mm -hmm. uh, and, and the poor are getting poorer. This is, an, a, a, in a sense, a function of the, um, the economy and the, 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 the um, internationalization of the economy. Uh, but it started with racism. Right, exactly. I mean, and the reality is that... Uh, you know, a majority of the people living in poverty in this country are people of color. That's so right. that's just a fact. So how it happened, when it happened, you know, for it to still be happening today um, is sort of, uh, you know, that's your bottom line. That's, what, that's what's happening. Um, Barack Obama's campaign uh, clearly has been historic, and he's garnering, obviously, f phenomenal attention. Uh, but a New York Times article this week titled Seeking Unity, Obama Feels Pull of Racial Divide, says um, glimpses inside the Obama campaign show that while the senator had hoped his colorblind style of politics would lift the country above historic racial tensions from day one, his bid for the presidency has been pulled into the thick of them. While his speeches focus on unifying voters, his campaign has learned the hard way that courting a divided electorate requires reaching out group by group. Um, Talbert Swan, how would you describe Barack Obama's challenge to keep both his black supporters and his white supporters, and we'll get to other groups later, um, both on board? Well, well, the challenge for any viable black candidate is always... Uh, trying to be relevant um, to a broad-based voter base. Um, and, and so while many people think that uh, African Americans are so fickle that they'll vote for someone simply because of their race, all you have to do is ask uh, Alan Keyes or uh, mm -hmm. Al Sharpton that question, and you'll find out that that's not the case. The difficulty for Barack Obama is, is that uh, he has to be sensitive uh, to the concerns of the African-American community while at the same time um, not turning off his white voter base because anytime you have a candidate that speaks strongly to the needs of the African-American community, he then becomes labeled as the black candidate, mm -hmm. which then uh, alienates uh, many folks from other ethnic backgrounds that would have otherwise considered his candidacy. And, and, and Amy Griffin Munnings, why is that? What does it mean to be sensitive to the needs of the black community, and why is there something in that that is inherently off-putting to white people? Well, we want to maintain status quo if we're in power. Why would we want to relinquish the things that give us the edge? If we want to create oppressive we don't want to create, but we want to maintain our power and control, our economic White advantage. People, right. Obviously. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I have no economic power and control. But as a, if right. we want to maintain status quo, want to maintain the control, who wants to give that up? Who would want to give up the power, realistically? But so many Democrats running for president over time always speak about trying to, they, they, they lump everybody together very often, but they, they clearly try to speak to all of those people who are not 
gaining wealth and doing well. And so that would seem to me include both um, African Americans and some white people, whole group of people. Why aren't they together in that? Why is there an op why is there that sense? What is that? What is that about um, if you are talking specifically to African Americans, if you are talking to them in a church in, in it, wherever that that somehow I don't. So you think it's just too threatening? It's too. I, I think that we have to be realistic about our expectations. I think we talk about how many people, of course, want to see a re rehabilitation for people who are, you know, substance abusers, but not in my backyard, mm -hmm. not at my cost. I think that we all really want to help as long as it doesn't impact my way of living. Exactly. So I think that while we can say with one breath, everyone, no one should be poor, but not if it means I have to give them money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Rick Hurst, what do you think about Obama's challenge to uh, bridge these divides, which clearly has been more difficult than I, he appears to have anticipated? You know, it's, it's funny to me because I have a different view of it. Good. Uh, What's that? I, I think that the, 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 everything that was said was right, but the reality is that that's a white media issue. Obama has done a, an amazing job bridging the divide. It's, it's better so than has ever been done in the history of a black person running for president, that's for sure. Right. And, and it's not a lot different from a white person running for president. You mean based on Fr how many white people are voting for sure, him? Sure, the white yeah. people who are voting for him, right. uh, black people who are voting for him, and quiet as it's kept, the Hispanics who are voting for him. Right. Uh, his Hispanic vote is not as bad as the white media has made it appear to be. Uh, he's really bridging the gap. And most of the Hispanics who are not voting for him, I mean a good number of them, are not voting for him for reasons that have nothing to do with race. Uh, this guy has, has, just by virtue of his presence, mm -hmm. has bridged the gap like nobody else has. Uh, George Bush uh, couldn't bridge the racial gap. Uh, well, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> but, and, and then Bill Clinton. Maine is a great example. Maine is an amazing example. Well, so was yeah, Iowa. Maine, right. Iowa, and, um, and Bill Clinton. Um, you know, he had, here's a guy who had built, bridged the racial gap, now all of a sudden he's trying to create it again uh, because he knows that there is a racial gap and he tried to take advantage of it. Uh, so I, I see that more of a, as a white concern. Uh, I see Obama amazingly successful uh, at, uh, at bridging that gap. So this to you is less of a real issue? I think it's less of a real issue. Uh, so far? So far. So far. Now, I think it's going to... Uh, it's going, right. to raise his, it's going to raise his head before, before the gonna, end of the day. This is, it, it, this is the thing. This is the thing. I am deeply concerned because... My, my bigger concern yeah. is some nut shooting them. Oh. I mean, that's that's, that's my know, big concern. That's, that's because I, and I think okay. that's the only thing over which we have no control. But uh, I think that he's a sign of a change in this country that we've waited for for years. Bill Clinton reacted to it and got caught by the country. And he's back. And, and oh yeah, and Obama's back on track. And Obama with never more votes. even <laughs> entered that. That's right. And I will tell you though, I do feel badly that he behaved so badly because he undercut a lot of the good work that he has done yeah. uh, with communities of color, which. I, so I think that was more, I don't know what that was, but obviously this is somebody who's got some impulse well, control I mean, issues. Well, I mean, to, 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 to purport that, that um, the support of a, a state like South Carolina, which is predominantly African-American, their support for Obama had anything to do with the fact 
um, that it was mostly black people voting was preposterous when if Clinton or someone else had been the candidate that garnered that level of support of the African-American vote, um, um, ethnicity would have had nothing to do with it. Well, so why is it not that his policies, his 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 charisma, his his uh, sense of bringing hope to the people, what he stands for, why could that not have been the factor but, uh, as to why so many of those supported him as opposed to his race? Okay. Eighty-four percent of the black vote went to Clinton. I, I just happened to read this. What, in I'm South not, Carolina? Uh, no, uh, the black vote when he was running for, when he ran oh, for president. Oh, absolutely. Eighty-nine percent went for uh, Dukakis. So your point is well taken. Nobody said that's, that's a right. race vote. Well, because we, they weren't black. We, well, 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 the well, other well, thing is, the other thing, he, he ran even with, with Clinton in the white vote category. How, how did they explain that? Well, but okay. you know, you, I think I see your point, though. You just, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, I'll tell you, because I've had issues with feeling uh, with a, the, fir the first woman to run. I, I, have, I have struggled with this issue of realizing that there is a part of me that has said, you know, that I am just so, it, it moves me in so many ways personally. But I did, I found, find myself, I got to a point where I was like, and I'm obviously laying the cards out on the table about being Democrat, like that's a surprise to anybody, um, that I didn't want it to be about that. I didn't want it to be about that, but not quite. Not quite the first. The first one to, say, to, 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 first. To, to receive this level of support yeah. uh, in, in a campaign. But well, I think absolutely. Shirley Chisholm okay, and she some did. others. She did. She got absolutely there she did. did. And frankly, mm -hmm. well, a absolutely. And I apologize yeah, for that. The, the issue. Was I was a little come, young, though. Why is it that because he and it's a point he made? Why is it that because Obama gets eighty-five to ninety percent of the vote, is it all of a sudden an issue in the white community? No, no. Well, is it an issue in the white community? Or, but, but let me ask you a question. I think it's an issue in the white media myself. Well, yeah, it's mostly the white media anyway, yeah. so it's like <laughs> one and the same in some ways, I think. Let point me, well taken. Let me ask you this, um, because I still feel like it's really difficult for white people and black people to speak with each other candidly about how they feel about each other candidly. I feel like it's still, in many ways, not, a, not something that people talk about to each other about all that much. There may be get it, friends, whatever, but the, the actual issues that we face together um, that have to do with uh, race uh, and, and all the other issues that surround it are still things that I find are, uh, that cause a lot of tension, that are very difficult. And the reason I'm saying this before I say the next thing is that is it wrong for people to feel a point of pride uh, because Barack Obama is black, is that is it bad to point that out? And I'm not saying that African Americans who vote for him wouldn't vote for him if he if he if he was white, they might vote for him too. But is it why is it a bad thing to point that out? We point it out. Who's we? Black folks. Right, but so we, so why we, is it so white people it's, shouldn't? It's point just it out? like Kennedy's Kennedy's Irishness was po pointed out. Right. Uh, so why is it different if white people point it out? I don't see a problem with it, that. It's really not it's a problem if they point it out. It all depends on the agenda when it when it's pointed out. If the right, agenda to right. point it out is 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 to um, uh, is to appeal to the base racist nature that some yeah. people still have to say, hey you're about to vote for a black guy, that's when it's problematic. But to, but to, to point out the fact that here's an African-American that is a viable candidate um, and, and has run this type of campaign the first time in history for an African-American, I don't think that that's problematic when, in and of itself. When it's used to subvert a legitimate candidacy, 
Well, like, based upon the blackness. Absolutely. That's right. If you, if, if that is the only thing that you can say about Barack Obama is that he's a black man. Do you yeah. think it's, how could anybody at this time who has been awake for the, I mean, literally awake, not see that it's more than that? But see, that's, that was my original point. I think that I mean, most people do. Right, that's clearly. Right. I mean, so that's Which is what why I, he's doing so well. Exactly. Yeah. So that isn't that maybe, does that in some way make um, the fact that he is a black man something that we can talk about without it being seen as some kind of conspiratorial or divisive mechanism? But then who is, I guess, we're not making it a conspiratorial yeah. right, divisive right. mechanism. I, I think this thing is being generated out of the white community through the white media. Uh, and I think a it's good a part of the white media, I think a good part of the white media, I mean white community thinks it's silly. Right. Uh, this is the, one of the first times that we have gotten beyond that and this is all the media wants to focus on. Right, 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 right. I sometimes uh, wondered about... I've, I've had the discussion with many people, uh, white, black, uh, Hispanic, yeah, otherwise, and there, there's absolutely no difficulty talking about his blackness, just in the same way we talk about his intelligence, his right. political skills, right. uh, his hope for the future. Uh, I've had no problem discussing that with people. Now, I've, I have noticed a level of discomfort with, with, with certain people who have notions about him based upon his color. And that's their problem, though. I don't worry what about it. What kind of notions? That, that, that clearly, if, if it's that, black, that it's, it's a bad. shock. It's a surprise yeah. That, yeah. that an African-American candidate can be doing as well as he's doing, be as articulate, another, uh, be as charismatic. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, when uh, people can't uh, look beyond his color, then the, then the conversation is quite shallow. So right. therefore, there, there goes nowhere. And you can only focus on this color. Right, right. I guess I must be lucky because I'm not, it, I, I can't even, I don't even know how that conversation would go. I can't imagine a shallow conversation about Barack Obama in the United States right now. Well, you know, I, I've heard people say that, old, that age-old adage uh, that, that many uh, whites have used over the years, that he's a credit to his race. And, I mean, what, what does that mean? Oh, and it's fresh uh, you know, as, as if there's no one else in our entire race that can talk. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. It's nice. I, it's special. I, I, I'm sure it's just a real special reminder that, you know, not, this, is the, this is the thing about what hasn't changed. When I asked the f first question that I did, I feel as though, and I don't know why it is, but I feel as though when we look at this bottom line business of um, people of color just not doing well and doing worse economically than ever, uh, whether you're talking about incarceration or education or just plain old poverty, all goes together. Um, or you're talking about these kinds of comments, or that it's taken this long, frankly, to have, uh, you know, somebody like Barack Obama surface. But we could say the same thing in some ways, despite previous uh, success, uh, people who have gone before Hillary Clinton. Still, it's taken a long time to get a woman uh, to ha have this much power. And frankly, that's a whole separate subject, which we're not here to talk about. But I think she's, I think that's a problem, too, for the American public. Having a woman is I up there. Right. Oh, my gosh. That's like a whole other subject. Um, this is, I, I still go back to the same old, same old, and that is that this is an issue. This is a white media issue. Okay. Uh, because we have, this is the biggest breakthrough in the history of race relations, uh, Barack Obama. And they play it as though it's something so, other than that. So how do we how do we put together this kind of success uh, in terms of what it means with the continuing statistics that so many black people are not doing well? I mean, how you, 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 cel you celebrated, but 
but against a realistic backdrop. Uh, we celebrate the fact that, as Attorney Hurst said, this, this is a breakthrough in terms of race relations. But you don't do that while still ignoring the disparities that exist between the races in health care, in employment, in crime, um, uh, in the economy. It, because then, you know, it, it builds a false sense that there's no longer any problems. And I think those who would want to hoodwink us point to a Barack Obama or a Deval Patrick and say, you see, it's Things not like better. it was. Everything has been solved. I mean, we celebrate those victories, but at the same time, we're realistic about the fact that we have a long way to go. I think the Urban League does a uh, state of black, black America every year. Mm -hmm. um, and in the latest one, they said still we're at a 73 to 100 right. for white folks at, at that index. And and it has remained the same for about the last four or five years. So there's still major disparities that exist between the races. The difficulty I have with, with some conversations on it is the language. Mm -hmm. uh, this whole this term victimhood, uh, this is a, an invention. And um, it, it, this, this term race baiting, this is an invention. Mm -hmm. uh, the minute you start using terms like that to me, because I start talking about some problems, race problems, mm -hmm. then you shut down discussion. Uh, and if I start talking about the origin of this problem in the ghetto, uh, and, and because it happened to derive from some policies that white men put into place originally, mm -hmm. uh, you, you, you want to you stop listening to me. But, you know, this, uh, this situation in the black community with uh, fatherless uh, children and one-parent families, I, you know, remember, I was one of those kids in one of those families where the welfare folks came in and said, you get him out of the house and we'll give you some money to feed your kids. And I wouldn't give, him, wouldn't give her a job, but we'll give you some money to feed your kids if you get him out of the house. And I was there when Moynihan wrote that report. That's right. Mm -hmm. I, I read that report. I analyzed it. Mm -hmm. And I, I saw the people in the country who, who got outraged over it. And I was one of them who said, what do you mean? Well, leave him alone. And um, no, I was one of those who got outraged. And there were other ones mm -hmm. who were saying, leave him alone. Mm -hmm. Then 20, 30 years later, all of a sudden we looked and said, wow, that guy was right. Well, we cursed him out as a, as a white guy who was talking about the black community. Right. But and what he was doing was warning us that our own policies as a government were going to destroy the black, the core of the black community, which is the black family, and it worked. We were going to. Now we, we got to come back out of it. Right. And we got it, but we can't come out of it if we don't deal with it honestly. Well, right. we were going to, we have four minutes to go, but I wow. wanted to, <laughs> which is absolutely ridiculous. And I say that every time, but this is even more so because I feel like we just have a lot more to talk about. But in any event, I wanted to bring in. Um, some of the controversy over some of what Bill Cosby's comments have, have created over time. And one of the, his comments, and this is completely out of context, this was on the Tavis Smiley show. He was talking about the controversy with Tavis Smiley about how people were reacting to things he had said. And, he's, and he said, now I'm also listening to what is a new language, and it's a new language in the area, and it's only good for the people who come in contact living in that area. It's no good on Wall Street. It's no good at Temple University. It's no good filing and understanding an employment waiver or blank. And, and, and he um, was talking about, I mean, he was, he was being, he was viewed as being very critical, and he was, uh, really got a lot of flack. Um, for his statements, and so I would love to know, um, a Amy Griffin Munnings, what you thought about that 
and what happened to Bill Cosby and his statements and what you thought about those statements? Well, you know, I think that there's, there's, there are two sides to the situation. I mean, the reality is, yes, Bill Cosby is sort of analyzing the victimhood. You know, the reality is, is, is it that we are identifying Ebonics as a viable language that, um, but I think it goes back to what is the education system doing? How is that failing the students that we have in there? If that is edifying and, and strengthening who they are, yeah, they would use it and employ it. However, if it's, if it's something that is, if there's an alternative that is empowering in the community, that's what's being used. So on the other side, he's critiquing us, but on the other side, he's also paying for kids to go to college. So he's putting his money in his mouth. So I, by, by all means, reinforce the fact that he's paying for kids to go to college. We can't, we can't deny that we're doing a lot of things in our community that is not productive. Uh -huh. You know, but it all goes back to our lack of the lack of education. The educational system is failing our children. If the hope is taken away early, right. What is the opportunity to succeed? Right. Where, where is the light of hope? As opposed to if you're in the public schools and you're not getting the feedback from the teachers that reinforce you to do your best and be your best. Because, you know, I have had children who, who are in the public school system. And if you are not raised to the standard of saying, oh, yes, I know, I know what your potential is. I know what your capacity is. Let's work together for you to rise to that. Why would you yeah. ever go anywhere? Exactly. Um, we're, we're down to the last couple minutes, um, unfortunately. But Talbert Swan, just following up on this, um, it seemed to me that some of what Cosby... Well, let's imagine that 10 years from today, and we have one minute, 10 years from today, nothing has changed for people of color in terms of uh, poverty and lack of education. Let's just say that happens. What do you actually think would avoid that? In other words, we keep finding ourselves 10 years down the line with, with things really not changing or getting worse. What do we need to do? Well, one of the things I said at the beginning is, is that the, the, the structures that were produced by a racist society are still in place. Such as? Your school systems, your, 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 your um, justice. Um, criminal justice systems, all of that remains. They have to really be looked at critically. I think there's room for civil debate in the public sphere just as much as we can criticize the establishment for its role in oppressing black people we also have to uh, allow room for the conversation about black people's responsibility uh, to deal with their own issues at the same time so i think uh, dr cosby's comments there's room for them uh, my problem with dr cosby's comments and i wrote i wrote and two articles one plus one yes. negative but my problem with dr cosby's comments is he allowed it to be a, to appear as though he was the only one talking about him and the only one doing anything about him. And we've been talking about him for years and years and, and years that's and a, doing a lot about and, him for years and years and years. And that's, so, and that's going to have to be the last word. I want to thank you all so much. Amy Griffin, Munnings, Rickers, Talbert Swan, thank you. We're out of time today, but you can download audio and video podcasts of Water Cooler anytime at WGBY.org. Next week, we'll bring you an encore of our discussion about road and bridge safety in the region. In two weeks, we'll be going back to the economic future as we look at what some western Massachusetts communities are doing to rejuvenate themselves, bringing new life to old mills and aging town centers. Don't forget, we keep talking today, and you can see it, but it's only online at the Water Cooler webpage at WGBY.org. So thanks for watching. We'll see you right back here around the Water Cooler next week. Water Cooler is brought to you by the members of WGBY. Local programming on WGBY is made possible in part by a grant from Mass Mutual Financial Group.